Okay, good stuff. Uh, to be honest, I think Phoebe could have just carried on then. She was just, she was sounded like she was doing the talk for me, which is great. Um, okay, what we've been doing is going through this series over the last kind of few months where we've been looking at some of our key values um, as a church and how that we want to see them grow in us more and more. We've not been doing this series to say, hey, look at us, this is what we're like. It's like, hey, look at these are the things that are really special to us and how do we grow in them more? How do we become more and more showing these values to each other and to the world around us. Now, if you're kind of new to Christianity at all, um, or if you're new to church, sometimes, I don't know about you, but you can find there's lots of jargon around, isn't there? There's lots of words that are often used, words that we sing about, but they're kind of familiar words, but you're not always 100% sure of what they mean. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. And even people have been in church a long time. Sometimes there's words or phrases that are used and you probably use them yourself. And you think, if someone asked me what that really meant, I'm not sure if I'll be able to explain it, but it kind of sounds like the right thing to say. So I'll say it anyway. Uh, well, this morning we're looking at the whole thing of celebrating grace and why that's so important. Um, and we sing about grace. We talk about grace. We pray about grace. And you might be thinking, well, this grace seems a lovely young lady, but why is she so important to LCC? Thanks, Linda. You were there, weren't you? Yeah, I know. Um, but hopefully this morning, we're going to get a better understanding of what grace, this grace is that we talk about, that we pray about, that we sing about, um, and why we should be so thankful to God for his grace towards us. So first of all, we need to start with some kind of definition so we understand what it is. And Phoebe kind of mentioned it a little bit there. But we want to talk about what grace really means and then how do we see it more and more growing in our lives and the effect of it more and more in our life. So firstly, grace, as Phoebe said, is all about getting something that you don't deserve. Okay, It's all about getting something that you don't deserve. So it's undeserved generosity that is shown towards you, something you don't deserve at all. Now, we often talk about mercy as well, God's mercy. People talk about God's mercy and God's grace. And you might think, well, what's the difference between those? Well, as it says up there, mercy is actually about not getting what you do deserve. Okay, now, that might sound, well, hang on, you've already confused me because they all sound a bit similar. And not So grace is about getting something that you don't deserve. And mercy is about not getting what you do deserve. Let me put it as an example, much easier that way. So imagine you're at school. Some of you, that's easier to imagine than others of us. Uh, but imagine you're at school and you're in your maths class at school, everyone's favorite lesson. Um, and actually, the, the class is behaving really, really badly. Imagine everyone's just like, I don't like maths. We're going to mess around the whole time. Everybody refuses to do their work. They're throwing paper airplanes about. They're stabbing each other with those compasses that you used to do at school. I'm probably not allowed those these days. You know, the whole class is in absolute chaos. Okay, what would you as a class deserve from the teacher at the end of that lesson? A detention, yeah, something like that. You deserve a detention, wouldn't you? For behaving badly, that's exactly what you deserve. Well, mercy would be if your teacher decided not to give you a detention. Okay, it's about you not getting what you deserve. So if she said, well, actually, I'm not going to give you a detention, you all totally deserve it. It would be the just and the right thing but I'm not going to give you a detention today. That's mercy. And you say, wow, my teacher was so merciful to me today at school. Yeah, that is an example of mercy. But grace would then be if your teacher went into, uh, came out with a whole load of ice creams for you all and said, I'm not going to reward you for bad behavior, but just because I want to be so generous towards you, 
you can all have an ice cream. You've done absolutely nothing in that lesson to deserve an ice cream. You've not behaved well, you've not done your work, you've not got all the answers right, you've not even written an answer, yet your teacher comes out and gives you all an ice cream and says, I just want to be generous, I'm going to give you this today. That's an example of grace. You're getting something that you really didn't deserve. You hadn't earned it, there's nothing at all, but just out of that teacher's generosity, she's decided to do that. So I'm sure, actually, next year going to school... Every one of you at school, your prayer should be, Lord, give me merciful and graceful teachers. That should be your prayer. Let, let me not get what I do deserve, but to get loads of stuff that I don't. That's a good prayer. If all schools are like that, wouldn't it be amazing? And I'm sure the teachers are saying, Lord, give me kids that just behave and do their lessons. Then I don't have to show mercy at all. So that's the difference between grace and mercy. They're really important that we understand those things because it helps us to really get a grasp of what we should be celebrating. So how does this relate to us and God? How does it relate to us, God? Well, the example is obvious, isn't it? As humans, kind of we talk, talk generically about humans of all, of all of time, we've behaved really badly towards God. Okay, We've chosen to live our own way. We've disrespected him in every way. Really offensive. And the Bible calls that sin. So we've just behaved really badly towards God and that needs fixing if we're going to ever get to know God for ourselves and ultimately go to heaven that needs fixing somehow in there but the problem was we can't do any of that fixing none of our good works nothing and nothing we do can make that right we've just behaved so badly before God that it's like insurmountable we can't get us too high it's too big a thing for us to do anything about it so we deserve punishment for that don't we yeah you behave badly You deserve punishment for that. But because we couldn't do anything about that, God sent his son Jesus to take that punishment for us. That's why we talk about his death on the cross and then him rising again. And when we believe in Jesus, we put faith in him, we receive that forgiveness for our sin. So that is God's mercy, yeah? We didn't get what we deserved. If you put your faith in Jesus, what you deserve from God is punishment for everything you've done wrong before him. All of mankind deserves that. That's just, that's right, that's totally appropriate. But just like the teacher letting the class off the detention, if we put our faith in Jesus, then actually we experience God's mercy because he took the punishment instead of us getting it. But the good news of Jesus, if you're not that familiar with the story and the teachings of Jesus and what the Bible says, is that actually it doesn't just stop there. He hasn't just shown us great mercy which is incredible, isn't it? If you put your faith in Jesus, you can experience the mercy of God. But actually, the story says that part of this whole deal, this salvation, this this, this gospel of Jesus, this good news, is that not only do we get to, to, to experience his mercy, but we get to experience his grace as well. And in that, that actually, when you put your faith in Jesus, not only do you not get the punishment you do deserve for your sin, but actually you get adopted into God's family. Actually, we now get to call God Father. That's how he relates to us and us to him. The Bible says that we're going to one day, as Christians, inherit all that Jesus is going to inherit. So he shares with us everything that he's going to inherit. And that we get to live with him forever in the new heavens and the new earth. That's a pretty good ice cream, isn't it? Yeah, that's better than your average. That, that's incredible. So not only have we experienced God's mercy, we're not getting what we do deserve. We're also getting a massive amount of stuff that we really don't deserve. 
Yeah, we don't get what we do deserve, but we get what we don't deserve. We experience God's grace in an incredible kind of way. Romans 5.17 in the Bible sums this up. It says, for if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man. So that's talking about man's sin, about how Adam sinned and took us all down with him. And that we've actually, death reigns in us now because of our behavior towards God. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? That grace that we've received. That now it's not just, well, we've, we've been let off something. We've actually now received an incredible amount. When you think about it like that, it's, it's kind of worth celebrating, isn't it? Yeah? Yeah. It is, isn't it? It is, Sarah. It is. <laughs> it is. It's, like, it's incredible. Even though I've been kind of like, you know, reading and, and kind of preparing a bit this week, it just strikes you again. It just thinks, this is incredible, really. That this good news, this gospel of Jesus is not only that I can get forgiveness for my sin, and that, well, phew, great, and I, I might sneak into heaven, brilliant. But like, that, that's amazing. But the, the fact that he lavishes all this other stuff on us and walks with us in life and sends his spirit to live with us, we are truly the most blessed people on the planet. Not just us in the room, those who are Christians, okay? Every Christian on this planet is the most blessed person on the planet. More blessed than some celebrity that... You know, it's got how many, many followers on Instagram or how many millions in the bank? Someone who rules nations. No, no, no. We are the most blessed people on the planet because what we've received doesn't just last for now. It lasts forever. It'll go on. That's, that's incredible, isn't it? So there's no way we deserve what we've got. The mercy and grace from God is something we haven't deserved. We don't receive it because we've earned it in any way. But actually, it's something we accept as a gift when we put our faith in Jesus. So you might think, well, how do I, how do I go about this? Well, this is, kids, if you're filling in your packs, this is one bit that you might need to think. There's a good way of remembering what grace means. Grace means that we get what we don't deserve. But there's one way that people have put together this little, what's called an acronym, just a way of reminding you what actually is the content of grace. And so you might have that on your pack. It simply spells out the word grace. And it is really simply that it's God's riches at Christ's expense so we as christians receive all of god's riches you imagine god just picture him in this kind of massive room full of riches and stuff and he says come in you can enjoy it all with me that's what what it is to receive god's riches and the reason we got that was because of a christ expense not christ's expenses uh, which is what I realized that said before I double checked the, um, <laughs> the spell check on it. Uh, Christ's expense. So Jesus died for us, took the punishment. So we received the mercy of God. So we can receive the riches of God through faith. So that's how a good way of remembering what grace means. Ephesians 2 verse 8 puts it like this. It says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. So when we're talking about grace, when we're praying and thanking God for his grace, when we're singing about the grace of God, you might think, well, is that, are we talking about kind of the thing that people say before they eat food? What are we singing about? No, we're singing and thanking God for what his, the undeserved gifts and life that he's given us, the amazing riches that he's poured out for us that we haven't deserved at all. 
but actually he's given us. It kind of sums up all of those things in one word. And the amazing news is if, if you're not a Christian here this morning, then that gift is available to everybody every day. It's not like a time-limited thing. It's not that you have to come from a certain background. It's not that you have to have been to church a certain number of times and got it stamped off on your card. It's nothing like that. You've not got to do a course or a qualification. All you simply have got to do is believe that that is true. What I've talked about this morning is true, that actually Jesus, you did deserve punishment, that you, Jesus did die for you, and that the only way to, to, to get forgiveness and to receive all that God's got for you is through Jesus, is putting your faith in him and saying, God, I want to turn around for my own life. I repent of that. I'm now going to follow you wholeheartedly. And if that's you this morning, if you think, actually, I never realized it like that. I've never thought about it. But actually, I, I really would like to do that. That sounds certainly something incredible. Then we'd love to talk with you. We'd love to pray with you. Come and speak to us afterwards and we'll get in touch with us um, as a church. We'd love to help you with that on that kind of journey that you're going on because it is available for all. And it's not just, oh, that sounds nice. That would kind of be a, I'm, I'm on a bit of a loose end at the moment. Uh, that would be quite a nice thing to do in my life. No, no, no. Because if you don't receive all these things from God, then what lies away is eternal death away from God. And that's really not something that anybody should be looking forward to. You will receive the punishment you do deserve. The only escape from that punishment is through Jesus um, and through putting your faith in him. So if you have received this amazing gift of grace then there's some evidences that come through in our life that grace is not just like wow i sit back and i just enjoy it that is how it is but also it should change us as well because when we know something incredible it changes us doesn't it if you suddenly knew something incredible about somebody if suddenly you found out that you were related to some kind of royal person or famous person that would change you wouldn't it first of all you go around telling everybody for a start, wouldn't you? You'd probably, I mean, like, I don't know, if, if, if someone I knew suddenly discovered that we were somehow as a family related to Harry Styles, then I think that would change our lives. I think that was um, God saying, that's never going to happen. <laughs> You know, it would change our lives forever. You know, man life is bad enough as it is. But if we were related to Harry Styles, who's a famous singer, for those of you who don't know him, he's not that famous if you don't know him, I guess. Um, it would change you forever. There'd be evidences in your life. Or if you found out when you went on these, some of these programs, people find that they're related to some distant, dark king, don't they? And say, oh, actually, I'm royalty. It changes how you are. Well, that's exactly the same as when we receive the grace from God. When we understand that, it should change how we live. It should change how we think because it's so incredible. And when it changes us, that's one way that we share this grace with the world around us. Because if the world around us sees us changed, then they suddenly look and think, oh, there's something about you that, that's changed. I'd like that. So that's, this is, these are key ways, if you're writing them on your pack, these are key ways that we share God's grace with the world around us. First and foremost is by allowing it to change us. When it changes us, we share it to the world around us. And I think for us as a church, as I've been looking through these things, we've been talking about unity recently, about how that's a key part of our vision going forward, uh, just that sense of God help us to grow in unity together. As I've been looking through these things, these evidences of how grace changes us, I'm really struck how this is a real key part of how we grow together in unity. We allow God's grace to change us more and more. And as it does, then I think that'll bring us closer and closer to God and closer and closer 
together. So let's look at these things together. I'm not going to go through them in loads of details. You might want to note something down. I'll also put um, them up on the, on the Facebook group or something if you want as a community group to go through them maybe during the week or something and talk about how do these things evidence. But when we know the grace of God, when, when, when we live in and we celebrate the grace of God in our lives, it should change us. It should humble us. Romans 12 verse 3 talks about how that we shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to because of the grace of God. When we realize that actually what we've got is because of God's grace to us, that we don't deserve it, but he's given it to us anyway, that should humble us. There's no reason to be boastful. There's no reason to be arrogant and think of ourselves as better than anybody else because all we've got is from God anyway, and it wasn't deserved. I haven't earned it. I haven't done anything that impressed God whatsoever. So grace should humble us. And that helps us grow in unity when we're humble as people. Grace should make us generous. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7 talks about excelling in the grace of giving. Um, It's financially, but it's way more than that. It's it's, it's generous with everything, with our time, uh, with with everything we do. When you realize how generous God has been to you, it should change us and make us more generous to the world around us, shouldn't it? To each other. It should, have us have a, it should change our hearts and soften our hearts to make us not about holding on to what we've got and keeping hold of what we've got. But actually, if God just has poured out his riches into my life, who am I to not then pour it out into the lives of those around me? Knowing the grace of God and celebrating it should give us strength in difficult times when we're suffering. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 talks about how God's grace is sufficient for us. Paul was talking about how he was suffering and God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. It means that if you know that God has not held anything back from you, if he's not held anything back to, to see you saved and to, to, and he said, look, you can have everything. You, you've got the keys to the kingdom. He says, you've got, when you die, you're going to be with me forever. I've not held anything back from you. Why would he hold back strength to get you through a difficult time? Why would he say, I'm going to give you all of this but you're on your own for the next two years. You're going to struggle on yourself because it's a bit of a test. Of course he wouldn't. God helps us in suffering in difficult times. His grace helps us because it's, it's not like some weird thing that happens. It's like, actually, God, if you've not withhold anything from me, then you're going to get me through this. A bit like we sung earlier, God never lets go. He shows his grace to us. Therefore, it's something we hold on to through the work of the Holy Spirit. And he gets us through those times. Grace should change our conversations. Colossians 4 verse 6, let your conversation be always full of grace. That sense where if grace is that you get what you don't deserve, maybe how we speak about each other, the conversations we have should be full of grace, that people don't get what they deserve. Someone's really annoyed you. Someone's wound you up. Someone's grieved you. And you're talking with someone else about it. What that person probably deserves is for you to just uh, tell everybody about it and to say how terrible it's been and to... But actually, to be full of grace is to think, well, I should give them what they don't deserve, which is, you know, I'm going to speak well of them. And that doesn't mean we fake things. It doesn't mean we brush things under the carpet. We deal with things properly with the people at the time. But actually, maybe to be full of grace in how we speak is that we we, we give people what they don't deserve, which is a second chance, the benefit of the doubt. Um, And we go through that. That helps in our growth together, doesn't it? Grace teaches us holiness. Titus 2, verse 11 and 12 says, the grace of God has appeared to all people. And it teaches us to say no to ungodliness, worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. 
When we understand that God has poured all this into our lives and, and opened up heaven and the riches of heaven for us, it changes how we live our life. And suddenly think, well, it matters less what those people at school think of me. It matters less what the world thinks of me. I'm not going to just follow what they do because if God's certainly the person to follow, isn't he? Because if he's been so generous and so good to me, then I want to follow him. Actually, he's the one who's won my heart. I want to do what pleases him. I want to live according to his ways. It teaches us how to avoid um, unholiness and to follow him. And grace also teaches us and keeps us in sound doctrine. Hebrews 13 verse 9 talks about how our hearts can be strengthened by grace. It gives us an appetite for the Bible. It gives us an appetite to dig into what God wants to say to us. Because, again, it's changed us from the inside. And the final one on that list is that grace brings us hope for the future. 1 Peter 1 verse 13. It says that we should set our hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. What I'm saying is that one day Jesus is going to come back. Not as a baby in a stable and, you know, on a, with his mum and dad on a donkey and all that kind of stuff. But Jesus is going to come back glorious. The whole world's going to see him in all his glory. And he'll wrap up this world once and for all. And then he'll bring in the new heavens and the new earth. And all of us who have put our faith in him will live with him in the new heavens and the new earth. And grace brings us hope for the future because actually at the moment we know that God has given us all his riches but we're not actually we're experiencing some of those things now we experience him walking with us and helping us and strengthening us and getting us through things but one day we're going to actually step into it and really fully experience it so if you really believe that god has got all that for you then that's pretty gives you a lot of hope for the future doesn't it at the moment in life there doesn't feel like there's a lot of hope for the future looking like tough times here on earth but as christians we should be full of hope not that necessarily all that's going to be easy because it's not but actually, our ultimate future is going to be one of glory with God forever. That's, that's, that's pretty hope-filled, isn't it? It lifts our eyes above what we're in. So, putting these together, how do we grow more in these things? I don't know about you, but when I look at those lists of things, the way that grace can impact and change us, I think I want to become more like that. I want to grow in my celebrating of grace. I don't, it's not about trying harder. It's not like, right, I've got a list of things now. I need to really work hard this week at those things. Do you know, all of those things on there, holiness, generosity, good conversations, all those kind of things, hope for the future, come from celebrating grace more and more in your life, celebrating the grace of God in our lives. As we do that, it changes us. It changes our thinking. Does that make sense? It's not about working harder at the actions. It's about the root. It's the cause. It's about the source of those things, which is celebrating what God his riches towards us. So let's do that more and more. Let's commit together. Say, look, I'm going to try and just like kind of put this in my mind. I'm going to be thinking more, thanking God, celebrating his grace towards me more and more. What you, foc- what you feel is what, what you focus on is what you feel. So if you start thinking about your big toe now, then you suddenly start feeling it, don't you? Think, oh yeah, it's a bit weird. It's, it's resting against the shoe. It's that, or you might have a, ingrowing toenail and you suddenly remind i've reminded you of it and you're like oh man that's painful or you might suddenly you're suddenly thinking about your toe what you focus on is what you feel if we focus on the grace of god more and more in our life we will feel it more we experience it more and we'll be changed more and more about it so why don't we get better at focusing on that grace so that we can become more and more grace-filled like him let's just pray and then mine's going to lead us 
um, into communion and the guys are going to come up and lead us in a final song. Heavenly Father, we are amazed at your mercy towards us and your grace towards us. It's literally transformed everything in our lives. That Those of us who are Christians here this morning, we get to celebrate this undeserved riches that you've poured into our lives, spiritual riches that you've poured into our lives. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you'd help us as a local church community here, a community of believers, that we would grow more and more in our celebration of what you've done for us, Lord. And as we do that, it would change us more and more, bring us closer together, closer to you and closer to each other. Lord, not because we're just trying harder, but because we're allowing your graciousness towards us to change our hearts and our minds um, in ways that we could never have imagined. I pray you'd help us on this journey, Holy Spirit. You bring all truth alive to us, Holy Spirit. We're totally dependent on you. So I pray that you'd even do that, even this morning, even today as we go away, you would lodge in our hearts a desire to chase more, harder and harder after you, and to experience more and more and understand more and allow your grace to change us more and more. pray in your name. Amen.